0: everyone, and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk, and I am your host, Lila Winston. I pray that you are well and that God is blessing in your life. As you know, we come together to read and study in the Word of God so that we can practically apply it to our lives and also so that we can accomplish the purpose of our lives in the way that God would have us to do it. And so I want to thank you for joining me. I hope that you have been blessed. You have been growing in the Word. I hope that you have enjoyed or have been enjoying the First Fruit series. And we're going to continue with that today, where we have been looking at the fruits of the Spirit and the ways that it helps us in terms of dealing with others, in terms of being, you know, dealing with ourselves and even God and the ways in which we become more like God. And I think that one of the things we need to understand also about the first fruits or the fruits of the Spirit is that these Fruits, if we heed them, if we water, you know, our spirit with the word of God, then we're going to see more fruits and they make us more like God. And that's the whole point is to bring heaven to earth. So every day you have this amazing opportunity to bring heaven to earth. Every, every single one of us has this opportunity. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our first fruits. Uh, series number uh, I believe it's eight and we will be looking at the gift or I'm sorry the fruit of meekness and so go ahead and grab your Bible you know our anchor text very well it's Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 it says but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and so guys we're coming into the home stretch. we are now at the spiritual fruit of meekness So meekness first appears in Psalms chapter 45 verse 4 in the Old Testament and then it only appears two times in the Old Testament. And then the second occurrence of uh, the word meekness is in Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3. And so in the first appearance, which is in Psalms chapter 45, it is used to describe God, while in Zephaniah chapter 2, it is an encouragement to mankind to be meek. So one, we have a descriptor of God, and then two, we have something saying, you need to be like this, you should mimic this, this is something you should seek to be. So specifically, it's a call to those who are already meek, to pursue meekness. And so not only is God meek, but Jesus Christ as well. And he declares this uh, in various places in the New Testament. A couple of places you can find it is Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Matthew chapter 21, verse five, and also an allusion to it in first Corinthians chapter 10, verse one. And so while I would read it uh, in interest of time, I'm just giving you the verses and I hope you will take the time to look at those verses to see how Jesus actually declares that he himself is meek right and we see this fruit throughout the godhead right we're seeing it as a fruit of the spirit which is the holy spirit and then we're seeing it as a descriptor of god the god the father and then we're also seeing it describe jesus christ the son or the word of god so i think this is really powerful it tells us how important that meekness is to um, our walk as christians and what it means to be like god so let us look at the definition in galatians right so from galatians so when we look at galatians chapter 5 verse 23 <clears throat> the word meekness is priorities in greek right priorities and um, if you want to know, you know how that's spelled, and any information like that, when you get the print version at LoveWalk.substack.com, you can find it there. And so that word literally means gentle; it means strength, and sometimes it's translated to mean gentle, gentle or kindness, right? And then in the Old Testament, it is sometimes known as humility, and the word for that is Anva, Anva, and that literally means meekness, humility, condescension or mild and sometimes it's really hard to understand the concept of meekness in our world today particularly for us as human beings because we often stumble over this concept because we really can't quite distinguish between false humility passivity and sometimes indifference but their definitions here that we've looked at they really give us a window into what God means by it and that's really what I want us to understand what is God's idea of what meekness means right Remember, these gifts are character traits of God, and they are available to us now through the Spirit, and they make any personality or temperament palatable. So let us consider that the Greek defines it as gentle strength. I love that definition, and the Hebrew as humility or mildness, and I want to use the term mild to give us a better look at what humility and meekness means. Uh, particularly from the Hebrew context. So I want you to imagine going to the store to buy some sort of special condiment for, you know, a party you're having with friends, with acquaintances and whatnot, and you find there are three choices of the very same condiment. There's the hot kind, there's the medium, and then there's the mild. So you can think about your many guests and while you might enjoy hot and your spouse might enjoy, you know, medium You know that there's going to be children there. Maybe there's going to be older people there. Maybe there are going to be, you know, people there that don't really eat, you know, uh, spicy foods. So probably what you're going to do is grab the mild and head for home. And that's kind of like what we're seeing when we think about the idea of meekness. It's having the same flavor, the same kind of condiment, the same everything, but we're not... Uh, giving it its full strength, right? We're being thoughtful of others. We're thinking about how to impress upon others in a way that while we can be totally whatever it is that we are, we are moderating ourselves. And that is what is meant by meekness, the ability to harness the full strength of any part of yourself. Your anger, your temperament, your appetites, your strength is really to accommodate all of what god wants us to do his wills and commands so you no matter what kind of person you may be meekness is the thing that's going to make it possible for us to be able to harness what we are and then use that for the glory of god use that in the world to make a difference for god so i know you know you might hear some people make excuses for being harsh acerbic or brutally honest maybe even quick-tempered or stubborn even lusty or sarcastic or a host of, you know, just a host of other things. And they'll say, well, you know, it's just my way or it's just who I am. But the Bible teaches us differently. And God demonstrates this concept with us in the ways in which he deals with us. So what is this fruit really about? It's about moderating strength and power. In fact, this fruit makes it possible to have power and be uncorrupted. I think that's one of the major things about meekness that's so amazing is that if you practice meekness, you can be trusted with power. You know, the old saying goes that power corrupts, but the practice of meekness prevents this. And I have to tell you just from my own belief, I really do not believe That just because one is powerful, one has to misuse or abuse small or less powerful people or things. I just don't agree with it. In times that, you know, I have had to supervise people or been, you know, a leader in a situation, I've never wanted, I've never done that. I don't say, oh, well, look, this is my opportunity (laughs) to do this. It depends on you and how you determine to control the strength or the authority that you have. It really depends on you. And so I want you to think about what meekness means for yourself, but also for God. God is all-powerful and yet he chooses not to violate us, even when we are doing wrong or cursing him. I mean, I think that's huge. Surely an all-powerful God could easily just rip someone who disobeyed his commands or his wishes, but that isn't God. And, you know, many people say that meekness is power under control. Yes, it is. It is power moderated or made mild for the consideration of other people, situations, contingencies, and even the will of God, right? And even for your own good. So the woman that can't be gentle to her daughter has discarded meekness. The man that can't control his power with a small woman is in violation of the meekness principle. And as a fruit of the spirit, meekness is required. And we can choose not to eat it, right? You know, because it's a fruit. Just like the gifts of the spirit, you can choose not to exercise them. But you have to remember that you know, if you're not exercising these gifts, you might encounter things like pride and strife because they're going to want to remonstrate to kind of prove authority and prowess. And that's kind of the way the world goes, right? People trying to prove that they're powerful or strong or that, you know, whatever it may be, but meekness is going to say, shh, be quiet, calm down. That's not necessary. Do it differently. Think about someone else. And, you know, it's just You know, just in regular life, I've seen parents who crush their very young children. I've seen wives snatch the soul out of their husband um, with these strong, powerful words and actions and deeds. I've seen fathers crush their sons and I've seen, you know, associates crush their colleagues and stamp on other people's dreams. People who consider themselves powerful people turning into just wild people. You know, that is not what power is about, and God is teaching us that. Being all-powerful, he chooses to be meek, right? Meekness is a prerequisite to a respectable life and to being a leader, an effective leader. Meekness is important because we do not live in a vacuum. There are people and things that require us to moderate our strength to coexist properly, right? Imagine if the ocean had no meekness, it would overrun its banks whenever it chose. So meekness acts as a boundary for us. Meekness, like love, is a boundary. Just because you are capable of something doesn't mean you should do it. God is capable of doing many things, and yet he restrains with long-suffering and also with meekness and gentleness. And so to understand this concept of meekness, we will look at it in the Old and New Testament. And in the Old Testament, the word meek itself appears 11 times, mostly in the Psalms. But still we learn that Moses was described as being meek. And that really matters, because he was a leader. He was the first real leader of the Hebrews, right? It's a characteristic that is mentioned in the Bible as very important and a good quality about Moses, as it says in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, right? It was a good quality. A good leader is meek. He knows how to control his power. He knows how to have gentle strength, right? It gets things done better than just being harsh and (laughs) brutal. And so throughout the many references in the Bible we learn, about the many benefits of meekness, controlling the strength of your responses, your appetites, your capabilities. These are important. If you apply too much pressure to an egg, it breaks. We all know this. And you'll not be able to get a dozen home to bless your meals or your cooking or whatever you're going to use it for, right? And so that's the thing you have to understand is that meekness is the same kind of thing. If you're holding on to an egg to get it home to make it for breakfast or whatever, you don't want to crush it. right You cannot get the benefit out of, out, of, out of that egg if you destroy it, if you use too much power on it. So sure, you have to uh, strengthen, you might have the strength you know, to crush an egg in your hand, but that really isn't anything to boast about. I think that sometimes, I find that ironic. Sometimes people feel like that's something to boast about. They can just crush something. Okay, (laughs) but can you create anything? Can you make something amazing? Um, And so I think that's really important, something that changes people's lives and makes their lives better. And that is what God is encouraging us toward through the spirit, right? You can't, you cannot get the benefit from some things some people in some situations and I'm going to tell you this folks and even God without meekness because God values meekness. He values humility. Look at what the Bible says about the meek in Psalm chapter 22 and 26. He says they are going to eat and be satisfied. Let's look at Psalms chapter 22 verse 26. It says the meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Oh, that deep heart. When you're meek, it helps your heart people. This means God is adding a level of provision to their lives. And even more than that, they're going to be satisfied with they get for with what they get in their lives, right? And satisfaction is important in life. You can have so much but not be satisfied. You can have a little bit. And if you're satisfied, you're richer than 99% of the people on the planet, right? So few things satisfy. But the meek will be satisfied with the things they consume. And it really just goes back to our egg analogy. You can't access certain things in life like satisfaction if you are not meek. And I think also we see that God is more intimate with the meek. That's just something I've seen in the Bible. You know, we see how God allowed Moses to actually see his glory and he spoke to him face to face. You see meekness creates intimacy allowing God to teach us more about him. We're more open to hearing and to learning. Why is it someone who can always find something new in the Bible? Yes, they might have a gift, but also they're meek enough to be still and listen to what God is saying. I want you to look at Psalms chapter 25 verse 9 and what it says. It says, the meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way. This is super amazing. And the reason that's super amazing, because it tells us that if we are practicing meekness, right, that he's going to guide us in judgment on what we need to do in life, you know, we will know what we need to do. And then on top of that, it says he will teach us his ways if we are meek. That is huge, right? Having a meek heart. And remember, we had conversations about You know the idea of pride and strife it's hard to teach people through pride and strife so meekness makes it easily entreated easily able to be understood right if you are meek when teaching and if you are meek enough to receive when others teach and i just want you to think on that verse he's going to teach meek people his ways and guide their judgment in life that is huge People who are meek are willing to listen and learn from God. That's really the bottom line. And so when we get too erudite and we forget that we are finite and that God is infinite and all knowing, right? Then we start thinking we don't need to know, but he can know things that we don't. And when you are meek enough to realize that, you will be open to hear and learn from him. You know, James chapter one, verse 21 tells us that through meekness, we will be able to receive the word in such a way That it takes root or it engrafts into our life. It says that literally in James chapter 1, verse 21. I want to show you this. Look at it. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So if you have the gift of teaching or pastoring, or maybe you're in the position of a bishop, a deacon or overseer, and you want to improve your teaching, then I want you to learn to be meek. Heed the spirit when it's prompting you so that you can employ the fruit of meekness in your life. And so we see the Bible says that the meek shall inherit the earth and have an abundance of peace. That is exactly what Jesus Christ was quoting in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and 5 and we forget that he's actually alluding to something that was said in Isaiah chapter uh, 29 verse 19 so when you hear Jesus Christ talk about the meek inheriting the earth he's actually quoting from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 29 verse 19 it says that they will increase also in joy so we see that we can increase our joy by also being meek I mean like who knew that meekness had so many benefits? Like, seriously, spirits, the, the the fruits of the spirit working together create a better outcome in our life, a better experience in our life, right? You don't have to be on the mountaintop. You don't have to be the millionaire, and you can have the most amazing experience in your human life, right? Think about when you were a kid and you didn't know, you know what? You had the most wonderful times in your life because you were able to enjoy it with your whole heart, right? Let's look at Psalms chapter 37 verse 11. It says, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So again, there's that allusion. Jesus Christ is going back to uh, the Old Testament. He is quoting the Psalms of David when he talks about you inheriting the earth, the meek get to do that. The people who are able to control their power are able to do that. Learning to control one's strength, to moderate one's ways and appetites will bring peace. Think about the man who can't control his sexual appetites and he destroys his family. Think about the the woman who can't can't, uh, control her appetite for purchases and buying clothes and shoes and accessories. She destroys her uh, financial life. Right? These are things that Having meekness can help you and make your life more peaceful. That's so important. A lot of times you obtain peace by just following the right thing to do, right? It's so important because not everything is good to eat. You can't eat everything. Not having sex with everyone that offers is not a good thing, right? You can't accept every invitation and you can't say everything on your mind or vent the fullness of your wrath that is a life without meekness and a life that will struggle in the area of peace god is essentially telling us how to get peace right moderate yourself there is a wisdom in meekness that helps us avoid issues and help make the best choices for our lives as it's pointed out in james chapter 3 verse 13 uh, james chapter 3 verse 13 really kind of goes into it the writer calls it the meekness of wisdom so wisdom itself knows how to control power, to moderate it and use it at the right time and the right measure, right? Just using brass power doesn't work. I see people do silly things all the time using the fullness of their strength. And in the end, it is a disaster because you, that's not wisdom, right? Wisdom has better plans than that, right? Hotheads, people with a chip on their shoulder, people who are prideful or always striving with others, they never understand that. People who are always blasting their full wrath, their full strength, their full appetite, that's not wise. And so we also learn that God saves the meek, right? So you're looking out for your part by being meek, but the Lord is going to do a part. He's going to save the meek. He's going to raise up the meek. He's going to exalt those who are meek. It's the easiest way to identify a God promotion in someone's life versus a man promotion. God promotes meekness, man promotes the high and mighty, right? Let's look at what it says in Psalms chapter 147 verse 6. It says the Lord lifts up the meek, he casts the wicked down to the ground. That is pretty brutal. Not only does God lift up the meek, he casts down the wicked. And we see God's appreciation of for meekness even in Samuel 1st Samuel chapter 15 when it comes to Saul right Saul decides to burn this sacrifice instead of waiting for uh, Samuel God's prophet and God says something really interesting to Saul that I it always sticks with me and I hope it will stick with you I'm going to read it right now it's 1st Samuel chapter 15 verse 17 and it says and Samuel said when you were little in your own sight were you made the head? Were you not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you king over Israel? Think about that. He says, when you were small in your own sight, when you, you weren't, you know, so lofty and big, God made you the king. See, it's that same thing about God lifting up the humble. He casts down the wicked, but he lifts up the meek and he saves him. He is there to create distance the wicked and the meek. He is there to save them as it says in Psalms chapter 76. So let us look again at Psalms chapter 76 verse 9 and what it says. It says, when God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth, Selah. Isn't that amazing? God wants to save all the meek of the earth. He has a value for people who are meek, who are humble who take the strength that they have and put it under control, right? God values meekness and he will actually beautify the meek with his salvation. Just as we see him here, it says in uh, Psalms chapter 76 and 9, that he's going to save the meek. He's going to beautify them with his salvation. Think about that. That's what it says in Psalms chapter 149 verse 4. That word beautify means to beautify, but it also means to glorify or boast. So that essentially is telling you, God is going to give the meek men his due glory in due time, his due boasting that makes him attractive or admirable to others. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're admirable to others. They want your money. <laughs> I'll tell you you're admirable just because you're strong and powerful. They'll tell you they maybe they want your strength, but that's not what people are admiring, right? Meekness has benefit, big benefit in terms of joy and peace and even protection and salvation. I want you to know what it says in Zephaniah chapter two and three, that the meek will be hid or safe in the time of the Lord's anger. And I think this is more important than anything, right? Meekness has this benefit that allows us to find a place with God in times when he is absolutely irate. There is actually a scripture. I wish I had thought of it, but it says to the merciful, the Lord will show himself merciful and to the forward or the evil or the mean, he's going to show himself to be evil and mean. And so how do you want to experience God? How do you want to think about how you are uh, interacting in this world? What are you putting out in this world? Right. Let's look at Zephaniah chapter two and three. It says, seek you the Lord, all you meek of the earth which have wrought his judgment seek righteousness seek meekness it may be you shall be hid in the day of the lord's anger wow i love that i absolutely love that and it's something that i believe right you you know people do some the darndest things but you're not going to get the full wrath because i believe in the meekness and i believe in the mercy of god and i know that it's not just me dealing with you I know that God is going to reward me for the things that I do. God looks at what I do. I want to show you something here too, that God teaches us that beyond that, in the ways that we deal with others, we also use meekness in terms of restoring other believers who, who maybe they've fallen away, maybe they have you know, fallen into some temptation, right? We can restore believers who have fallen, right? with meekness. That's what it says in Galatians chapter 6 and 1. It means we control the strength of how we approach and deal with whatever it is that they're dealing with. That is what I want you to understand. Controlling the strength of it. Some people can be just so harsh and just cruel to people who, uh, to other believers who, you know, maybe they stumbled. Maybe they they had a a fall or something like that. Right? Maybe they don't understand something. Whatever it could be, you know you you're not supposed to be that way right you need that meekness right think about how your your meekness could win back a brother look at what galatians chapter 6 and 1 says it says brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault you which are spiritual restore such an one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself lest thou also be tempted it's just good advice it's just plain good advice that's just the best advice i've ever heard some of the best advice i've ever heard so meekness is necessary in correction of believers the ecclesia of god requires meekness to grow from everyone involved in the perfecting of the saints as it says in ephesians chapter 4 and 2. we're all involved with the perfecting of the saints right that's why we still need apostles. That's why we still need prophets. It's, the story isn't over, folks. We're still perfecting the church. Churches are still being built. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're still winning people to God. The spirit of God is necessary, okay? And it is necessary in all the ways that it shows up in our life. And so our best work gets done through the facilitation of the spiritual fruit. And Paul admonishes Timothy to chase these fruit of the Spirit in 1 Timothy chapter 6-11. He says, chase them. He should not just heed their promptings, as I am telling you to do, but he says, seek them out, right? Paul goes a step further than what I've said in our previous Bible studies. Paul says, seek them, look for them, right? And meekness is not to be shown just to believers. We shouldn't believe that, you know, we only are meek or humble or you know controlling our strength with other believers but with all that's what it says in titus chapter 3 verse 2 we encu- we are encouraged to show it to everyone it is a characteristic of god so when the writer of first peter chapter 3 and 4 tells women to adorn themselves with meekness he is not discussing a feminine trait it's a godly trait to be meek So husbands, children, butchers, bakers, and even candlestick makers must be meek too. That is a part of the work that they do. And remember, if meekness can be turned off and on for any kind of specific reason, then it is not a character trait character is a principle of the soul that does not change depending on the person or the circumstance. And this is how to choose friends. This is how you choose business partners and a spouse correctly. You want to check if the quality or the characteristic endures over a number of situations, relationships, people, and places. Someone that cheats with you will cheat on you because that is their real value system. And someone who doesn't like the truth they won't, they won't tell you the truth either. <laughs> someone who steals, with you, steals will eventually steal from you. It is only a matter of time before they do it because it is their real character. Likewise, someone who loves truth, they won't lie to you. Someone who is loyal without you will be loyal and faithful with you. Someone who can control their appetites without you will control them without you being there. And this is vital nothing will truly ever shock you about someone because of this character principle and that principle is that they will act consistent with what they actually believe and practice it is why I would rather deal with someone who was always truthful than one who was not because I would rather an inconvenient truth than a beautiful lie because the truth one can trust that person who tells and speaks the truth and so the spiritual gift of meekness has many blessings attached to it but it requires us to see ourselves and others correctly it will be difficult to be meek if you feel that you have something to prove or maybe if you wish to control someone or control situations heed the spiritual fruit of meekness and see all of the blessings that come from it But beware that the enemy does not trick you out of it with pride or strife. Remember, you don't have to prove anything to God. He knows you well already. And, you know, people really don't matter in the grand scheme of everything. Remember, we perform for an audience of one. So if you find yourself trying to prove things to people, you're already off track. Humans are fickle. And so... (laughs) You know, what it takes to prove yourself on one day may change in another day. So, that is why I absolutely think that you really don't need to prove yourself to anyone. And I hope that you can remember this. So, just remember that you want to work on really being meek, not proving yourself through the things you do, your power, and so forth. Never try to prove your strength, your fidelity, your courage or even your joy to anyone, because really they don't count. And if, if, if that which you possess has become a character trait, a spiritual principle, then anyone with good sense can see who you are, right? So there's the saying that black Americans have, and it goes like this, it doesn't take all day to recognize sunshine. And the same is true for character and quality. It's not hard to see. And so many people in an attempt to prove something have fallen into great problems, right? They're trying to prove something to someone, some group of people. That's not necessary, right? Don't let the wicked one trick you into casting aside meekness to prove your strength or your power in an area. Instead, use meekness and wisdom and move on. God has something wonderful for you. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And if you'd like to uh, find print versions of these, you can go to lovewalk.substack.com. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.